This is Market Scales Knowledge is Power with your host, Brandon Fluger. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Knowledge is Power. We'll be exploring several topics that shed light on one particular leader's pivotal moments in his exciting career, major learning moments he's had, and how his leadership has shaped the way Mobivity is helping businesses thrive in an always online world. As always, you'll want to stick around for the end as we have a special sign-off before next week's episode. Joining me today, Dennis Becker, CEO of Mobivity, a recurrency platform that helps brands drive customer frequency and spend by motivating employees and customers alike. Dennis has more than two decades of experience building, financing, and acquiring enterprises, redefining the way technology and business interact. He leads Mobivity's vision of bringing businesses more customers more often through disruptive technologies. He's also an inventor with several patents. He's served in the United States Air Force and has gained awards as founder of Frontier Corporation and CEO of Bexel Technologies. Dennis, welcome. Thank you, glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you here today as well. And um, to really peel back a few layers of you know, who Dennis is and learn about some major uh, learning moments along the way that have really shaped you uh, in creating what today is Mobivity and how you're leading the company forward in a really exciting industry. So with that being said, Tell us a little bit more about Dennis. <laughs> well, um, I'm always excited to find audiences that want to learn more about Dennis. Um, but in, in all seriousness, look, I, I think that, you know, I was introduced to uh, computers at a very early age. I think I was eight or nine years old when I got a Commodore 64, if, if that dates me. And, and I always just went down the path of trying to figure out how it works versus playing games and some of the entertainment um, opportunities with, with that platform at the time. So you know, a lot of it's serendipity, you know, just uh, having taught myself to code uh, early on and making my way through that whole journey. Um, I always had this split personality. I was also very much into sports and, and all the things that, uh, you know, normal kids into kind of at, at those eight, at that age. But there was this advent of computing that was snowballing you know, very quickly. And I remember being even in high school and, and always getting an independent study class credit because there were, just wasn't anything that I could learn in high school. I didn't already know about uh, computing and programming. And, um, and it was funny because my, my, my aspiration, I, you know, I saw Top Gun in like 88. My, my aspiration was to become a pilot. That, that's the Air Force thing. And the computers was my backup. I just figured I'd get into something that had to do with computers I'd spent a lot of time learning and, and then of course the internet hit big time in the mid nineties and turned a lot of us, you know, quote unquote engineers into entrepreneurs. I had some, uh, I was writing software. I, I was, I had, I had some customers, uh, clients. I was building a, a subjective uh, contextual analysis engine for a dream researcher, uh, a, a prominent psychologist in the dream research field. I had another customer who had a construction business, a general was a general uh, commercial general contractor and wasn't satisfied with the commercial software that ran general contractor businesses. So I was building that um, product for him. And it was actually that partner, a guy by the name of John Texter, who uh, ultimately went on to build a, a, a very big and successful uh, commercial construction company wanted to take what I was building for him and commercialize it. 
and it was right in the midst of the dot-com craze. So I'll never forget. He said, uh, I want you to understand a balance sheet. And I said, a balance <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so we started that company and kind of the rest is history. So it, it you know, as I got pushed down the entrepreneurial path, being kind of an engineer at heart, it, it you know, really fascinated me and, and, and became kind of the, uh, kind of the life's work and in like, you know, being an engineer at heart, there isn't a big, there is not a bigger engineering problem to solve than to figure out how to get people of all walks of life to come together around a common purpose and a common vision and get out there and actually deliver real value to customers and consumers and bring this whole promise of technology to bear, which is to make people's lives easier um, to make things more efficient, to make the dollar stretch farther. And, you know, that's very much what we're trying to do here at Mobivity. Um, you know, we believe that there are, there's billions and billions and billions of dollars that's just wasted in, um, you know, engaging consumers and building a business relationship that technology can solve for and bring real value. So that that's kind of where all this thing comes full circle. I mean, it's all... To me, I, I'm just fascinated by, um, not that I'm a glutton for punishment, but I'm fascinated by problems, not because uh, I, I like the punishment of problems, but I love the challenge of solving for them. And I've had the, the good fortune of, um, you know, number one, being interested in technology. Number two, having really great people that I've been exposed to have pushed me down the path of, of things that have um, ultimately uh, now become a, a great business like Mobivity. Amazing, amazing background. And, um, you know, some people want to go to the moon. Some people want to be fighter jet pilots. Um, and some people want to do uh, computer science at the same time. So it's, it's awesome to see the background uh, and kind of hearing that uh, computer science was your backup. You know, if you looked at everything you did before and uh, then you made the switch to to engineering and computers and software and uh, look where you are now. Um, it's really exciting to see that journey, Dennis, and what you've learned along the way. Um, balance sheet, that's that one's a lot of fun. I'm sure that was one of your favorite projects. Certainly sticks out in your mind as, um, you know, a big asterisk in there of, oh, gosh, what are we doing now? But uh, alas, a learning moment along the way. Tell me about Movivity, um, a little bit about 2020, what you've seen really um, change before 2020, going into 2020 as it progressed. What's really changed along the way and how has Movivity really become uh, more relevant in 2020 with the state of the industry? Yeah, I mean, I'm really going to go over the top on this one. <laughs> um, in terms of analogy, I, I you know, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to bring in global warming and, and, you know, um, it's like, you know, I, I analogize petroleum and fossil fuels to mass marketing. And, 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 you know, once they figured out that you could get just some antenna ears on a little device in people's homes and mass broadcast a message, boy, marketing just unleashed. And you have decades of that inertia, like you do with the petroleum industry, decades of a system of creating products that consume petroleum and distrib distribution and sales and brand. And you just have so much of this inertia 
holding the world back from switching over to renewable energy. And it's the same thing with marketing. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, digital marketing. I, I just saw a tweet, we'll call it a tweet storm by Elon Musk the other day. Love it. Where he was uh, talking something to the effect of, and I may misquote this a little bit, but I think I'm in the neighborhood. And he talks about, you know, Tesla has never and will never advertise. That's we all that. A great product. Our customers love our product. And that's all we need. And, um, you know, look, in the old days when information was very federated, information was very federated. You had maybe three TV networks, a couple of radio networks. And if you wanted to activate millions of, of, of ears or eyes around a message, it had to go through a, a handful of channels. And the Internet democratized information. And now you don't have that, uh, for better or for worse, <laughs> you don't have that governance of information. Um, so the value of that information should have commoditized, but it didn't. And that kind of goes back to, you know, kind of what we're seeing, I think with the Tesla phenomenon, um, with their market cap and their success and, and, and all these things, the reason that, you know, General Motors and other automobile manufacturers haven't just, you know, flipped a switch and brought an electric car to market is, is at the end of the day, it's about people. And, you know, you just, to get that many people to throw the, their own baby out with the bathwater and reinvent. And that's what marketing is going through right now. Um, it's not just Tesla, it's Airbnb and Amazon. And, um, and in fact, Amazon's flipping the script. I think they announced this year, they've generated $19 billion of advertising revenue. It'd be like Walmart saying that we're starting to put advertising in our stores and that's a big revenue generator. Um, so, so to tie this back to mobility, this is the movement. The movement is that the cat's out of the bag in terms of the cost efficiency of having a direct relationship with the consumer versus relying on a third party channel. If I need to get to you to tell you about my product through Facebook, I'm going through a third party channel and I will always be beholden to Facebook's interests in our relationship together. If you're Tesla, I mean, I, I actually own a Tesla and I, I had a service issue. And this is what fascinates me about Tesla is they are right now the bottom feeder of all of the quality rankings, the JD Power and Associates. But guess what? If you've ever had a service issue with Tesla, it's a completely different experience. And, and in fact, most of it's done through text messaging, which I can tell you, I talk to brands and text messaging is near and dear to Mobivity's heart because that's, that's core to our product. And you go to brands and they're like, why would I pay for a text messaging relationship when I can buy, you know, 500 million eyeballs on Facebook? You, you know, you're literally sitting there across from a CMO and you're saying, you have 5 million people who want to have a text message conversation with you. And their response is 5 million. I could get 50 million uh, conversations through Facebook. And then you're trying to like, yeah, but you don't own that. And you're going to have to pay for that conversation to the level that your competitor is not willing to outbid you. And at the end of the day, Facebook is Facebook. And this is really, I mean, social media has really been hammered this year and it's been diluted a little bit by, by the pandemic, but the social media networks, have, their, their, their allegiances to their CPMs. And if, if some Russian hackers want to pay more, 
<laughs> you know, and so that becomes a real problem for the brands and the brands are having a really hard time. And it's not because any rational person sits there with their cup of tea and you look them in the eye and you say, would you rather have a direct conversation with Brandon or would you rather pay a third party to have that conversation? And they, oh no, I'd rather have a direct conversation. Well, but it's not that easy. When you have a team of employees who, who don't know how to build first party relationships, they don't know, all they know is, and they're rewarded and they, get, they have their industry awards and the whole system is rigged around how well you are at using that third party media. There's a lot of inertia. A lot of, a lot of people have to rethink their jobs. Uh, a lot of people have to think, well, gosh, if I, if I decide to you know, go out there and create a email club or a text club, then I'm not going to win the, the DMA award for Facebook advertising this year. Like, where's my career going to go? So the whole thing becomes this, this self-fulfilling inertia. And what we're very conflicted about at Mobivity is we've been kind of the, the company on the sidelines saying, you need first party relationships. You know, you need to build a direct relationship with your, with your customer and not spend all that money on Facebook and third party, you know, this and that. And um, the pandemic has forced the hand to the demise of a lot of brands. And what I mean by that is let's forget about digital for a minute. Let's just talk about hard traditional media, sports advertising. In, in the vertical that we focus on a lot is the restaurant industry. And the restaurant industry has over decades, it's not years, decades, or since the dawn of time, been very heavy sports advertisers. Because it's, it's very common that if you're watching a uh, sports event, you're, you're doing it in a group and there's food involved. So, um, I mean, look, can you imagine all of the restaurant brands that went into 2020 really looking forward to their uh, Olympics advertising? Amazing. And no one, I mean, this is years in the making. So you're planning, you're planning, you're planning, and you're really excited because your family gets to go with you to Japan and, you know, like, like that whole inertia. And then the Olympics are canceled. Um, and then even to make things even, I think, clearer is then you've got some brands that thrived in this pandemic. And then you've got your own brand and you're looking at your brand. And you're like, how much are sales down or how much have we been impacted? And you're kind of level set with other brands. I think it's a big wake up call. How much would that third party media and sports advertising really driven traffic for your brand? Yeah. And before it didn't, it, it mattered, but not a ton. Brands are going to spend five to 10% of their system sales on marketing. So at the end of the day, if they completely whiff, they wasted 10% of their, their system sales. Well, right now with margins being squeezed and business being down, you'll fight for every point you can get. So we like to call this whole situation right now an extinction level event. You know, the meteor has hit in the proverbial planet and people were caught off guard in the old way of doing things used to be evolution. And, um, and now it's an extinction level event. So for Mobivity, um, look, I mean, we've, we've all along, and, and, and one of the things that we've been excited about in terms of what we do is, you know, our unique angle was point of sale data. 
you know, Amazon has one checkout counter. Okay. Subway has 25,000 checkout counters just in the United States. So, so getting all that information out from all these different locations and feeding it into one thing and then using the data to map to blah, 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 blah. That's just not very common. It, you know, people don't have, they, they, brands have not built the infrastructure to, to do all of that because they have new complexity. And those are the problems that we've solved. So we've kind of come into the market saying we can solve those problems, but the market has been kind of like, well, yeah, but we're, you know, we're, we're not suffering yet. We, we know that we're going to have to evolve there. And then when COVID hit, it, you know, all bets are off. Now it's, we got to do whatever we can do to survive. So that's kind of the, you know, closing the loop on mobility and, you know, how things from our, where we started to current events have kind of, you know, come together. It's amazing uh, your point to the Olympics and the advertising there um, and this massive inertia uh, of getting the family and going to Japan, um, you know, everything that goes along with it and then poof like that, it doesn't happen. Um, and uh, more importantly, the business, uh, put all their eggs in the basket and into the advertising and they don't have anything to show for it. And to your point of, you know, having to own your channel and go more direct. Um, I think people are starting to understand, you know what, this was a pandemic this year. We couldn't control that. Um, we lost some exposure. We lost some, uh, some eyeballs. We lost some conversations that we were hoping to get and we need to adjust. And this idea of a digital transformation of, uh, you know, even what Mobivity is doing of, allowing them to have more first party conversations, uh, more direct with their customers rather than let's rely on Facebook to get those viewers, those conversations, and, you know, let's control what we can control. Um, and it sounds like Mobivity is helping in the restaurant industry a lot uh, with that problem, helping solve that problem a lot. Um, you, you gave us a great um, review of really the state of the industry in 2020 and um, you know, how COVID might've changed the way customers use um, tools like yours, you know, what is Movivity doing now to really lead the way for restaurants and brands digital transformation? And what does that mean for 2021 going forward? Well, I think that first and foremost, there has um, been a misunderstanding of what a digital relationship to a consumer means. And I think that's been, uh, hey, look, being an engineer, I understand where this comes from. Engineers thrive on complexity. Uh, that's, that's, you know, they're, they're smart people and, and, you know, it's almost like the hammer and nail analogy. You, you know, the hammer does, has, has no use unless there's a nail. And that nail is, is complicated things. So when you have the high intellect of engineers, you know, they want to look for hard problems to solve. And, I think what's been lost in the mix of all of this is what are we asking consumers when we want to create a digital relationship with them? Are we asking them to remember a new username, to remember a, a new password, to understand a new software interface? I mean, I remember the days when you'd get a new piece of software and you kind of had to read the manual. <laughs> you yeah. kind of had to know where to point and click. and. And over time, you know, being a software engineer, I mean, there, there's all these things that you learn as you're building software and there's things called, you know, metaphors and, you know, different, you know, um, uh, style guides and all these things are building on 
you know, consumers have seen the way something works and therefore you just reuse that because you don't have to explain it to them again. For example, if you want to securely get into the app, you ask them for user and a user ID and password. Well, you know what? Chances are they have seen that same convention with every other piece of software they've used. So asking for a username and password is not new. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if, if, if brands have really aligned with what is it that they're trying to deliver to the user that matches to the most, the most ubiquitous thing that the users used uh, to doing. And if we think about the mobile phone, there's a very, very compelling statistic of fact. Uh, this is a fact, and, I, and everybody can relate to this fact. The average consumer checks their text messaging inbox 47 times a day. That's the average. <laughs> wow. there's, no, there's no login. There's no user ID. There's no storage on the phone. If you switch phones, you don't got to remember to reinstall the app. There's like no friction. It's, it's built into what you do with your everyday life. So let me ask you this. If you wanted to tell somebody that there is the new McRib, you know, burger coming out or whatever, what would you prefer doing? Hope that they see your ad on Facebook uh, or ask them to download, install an app, create an account, create a user ID, create a password and hope they get a push notification or just have it show up in their text messaging inbox. Amazing. So you know, that's really what this is all about is, is find, you know, really understanding what's the best digital engagement for the task that's being accomplished. And um, I think that text messaging has just been this overlooked channel because the market has been so, uh, I think, distracted with keeping up with the Joneses over the last 10 years of like, we have to have an app. I mean, I remember like Mo Mobivity got its start. I mean, the, the, the founding vision of our company when I started the company was that back in 2007, you didn't have the iPhone and, and, and the Android hands. You had, the, you had Nokia Java phones, you had Motorola OS, you had all these different operating systems. I mean, if you wanted to create an app, you had to write it in like 15 different operating system versions. It was just very fragmented. Meanwhile, text messaging was really becoming a ubiquitous kind of medium. I used to always say like, you could technically, you could open up your garage door with a text message. I mean, it's, it becomes this interface that everybody understands. And we went off and we did the Super Bowl, we did the NBA playoffs, we did Disney, NBC Universal, uh, text message Wolf Blitzer on CNN. You know, we did all these things, but the app store became this all-consuming distraction and every brand on the planet felt that they needed to do an app because everybody was doing an app. And I remember the first three or four or five years of apps, I mean, these apps were glorified store locators. I mean, they were, they, they had no utility. It was just the vanity of having an app. And then about five years ago, everyone was like, oh, well, we got to have loyalty in our app. Um, you know, the app needs to be the loyalty, you know, thing. And I remember there was one brand, I won't say who it is. The way that loyalty worked was you installed their app and you took a picture of the receipt to prove that you had purchased from the store. And if you got seven purchases, you got a free combo meal. Well, I learned very quickly that you could take a picture of a dog's butt and oh. get credit. <laughs> yeah. 
So, I mean, I remember going into their competitor store, taking a picture of a meal at a competitor and getting credit at this other brand. Wow. And, um, you know, another time I went in, you you took seven pictures. If, if you had seven receipts, you would get a free combo meal. I just took seven pictures of the same receipt, free combo meal. Like all of a sudden, the, you know, the app for the sake of the app just becomes this uh, kind of, you know, colossal waste of time. Um, and recently, what's happening is you just don't get to get away with, you know, not making it count. So, so in other words, I mean, I know some brands are saying, look, our, our digital ordering is up, you know, 50%, you know, a year ago, 10% of our orders were digital ordering. Now 50% of orders are digital ordering because of the pandemic. Well, you know, you didn't focus on getting good at it and now you're having issues or, you know, now customers want to show up and, and get curbside food, but they don't have a way to let you know that they're curbside to get their food. So now all this stuff becomes this existential consideration. And the only solution is digital. Um, and brands are having to catch up very, very quickly. And, and, and at the same time, also figure out, I mean, I, I did a, a digital order just, just two days ago. I did it. I, I looked up the brand. I downloaded their app. I ordered food and then I never got any email or anything confirming that my order had happened. And I had to call them and ask them like, did you get my order? And before that may not have been a big deal, but now the only way I'm gonna order food is digitally. I'm only gonna do pickup. And if you just gave me that experience where I'm not really sure and I'm gonna have some inconvenience, that's enough to tip the scale. If it's pizza, I might order pizza from someone else. So this has all become very, very timely for Mobivity. Um, you know, we've always felt, because we've always, you know, also at the same time looked at the data. We've been looking at the data and the information and saying, wow, you know, brand X, your marketing, your annual marketing budget's $230 million. And I, I understand that that's only, you know, 5% of your $5 billion in system sales, but money is money. And, um, you know, you're doing print FSI that you're physically mailing to people's houses. And that is creating, you know, like a, an $11 cost of acquisition and your average check is 10. <laughs> that math does not work, but but the brand has a team. Do you think anybody at the brand who's the FSI marketing manager is ever going to say FSI doesn't work? No, of course not. <laughs> so I mean, this is and and now the this it's it's that proverbial the tide you know the tides receded who's swimming naked. It really has come to that right now. It's amazing. Um, you know, you bring up a point uh, that reminds me of. Really, when Blockbuster was, you know, everyone's been to a Blockbuster. I remember, you know, picking out the DVDs or even the VHSs and reading the back of them, um, you know, and then going through the line and either picking up the the Skittles or the popcorn and, uh, you know, checking out and then going home and watching the movie. You know, then Netflix came along and people said, well, you know, Blockbuster's been doing it this way for so long. Uh, you know, why would I want to just order something? that'll come into the mail. And then eventually, why would I just want to order something um, at the click of my fingers and have it, you know, right then and there. But here we are embracing this whole new world uh, because the tide did did turn. 
um, and we're embracing this more digital world than uh, what we might have been used to in the past. So I think that was a that was a fun one that um, I remember thinking back on. It sounds a little bit similar to what's kind of holding people back now, um, and you know, let them see the future, let them understand that data shows what Mobivity is doing is helping connect more people uh, more directly. So um, yeah, I really enjoyed learning a little bit about you know what Mobivity is doing, how the industry has. Uh, adapted and changed over the past year, what people are starting to finally realize um, and how they can potentially unlock that in 2021 and moving forward, start embracing it wholeheartedly and um, really watching this this shift towards more digital um, help grow their business and make it more profitable and, and efficient as well. So Dennis, I appreciate that conversation. Um, I know our viewers will appreciate that too. And uh, there's a link to your bio in our podcast here, but I want to wrap up uh, at the end here, Dennis, uh, with something special on our sign off here. I'd like to end it with your favorite quote. Um, so if you would provide us one of your favorite quotes and tell us a little bit about it. Why is it the one? Yeah, you gave me the heads up on this. It didn't take long to think about it. I mean, my favorite quote is I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Is as I'm is it's probably no shocker there if I claim to be an engineer. Um, but yeah, I mean, my favorite quote is is the old Yoda uh, quote of uh, you know, try not, do or do not. There is no try. And um, what I've learned through my travels of trying to build businesses is that. Trying is actually what most people focus on because, because the, 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 the reality of doing whether you did or you did not is, is oftentimes um, hard to swallow because it's, it, it is the binary judgment of whether you've succeeded or failed. And, um, you know, countless self-help help books and everything have talked, talked about succeeding and failing. And, you know, there's that Silicon Valley cliche now or fail fast and, you know, just stuff like that. But I mean, look, building a business is not like is not unlike building a product. It's not like building a vaccine, you know, and maybe not to over dramatize the analogy, but you have a thesis, you test it. And you then assess the results of the tests and refine the thesis and, you know, and it's that iterative process. So if you say you're going to go do something, then you don't spend all your time talking about trying, you go and do it and it happens or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, you assess the information you receive from it not happening and refine it so that your next do is, you know, that much more, um, you know, feasible than, than where you started. And I think that that's something that it keeps, it keeps, it keeps me sane because I, I know that the longer I, I put, put out the assessment of whether I did or did not, the, the more delayed the information is that I, I can that. act on. So I've always very much thought that, you know, look, it's a, it's a cheesy Star Wars quote, but that was the whole point in the scene. You know, he's like, I'm trying and I'm trying. It's like, no, look, you're going to do or you're not going to do it. And you just need to keep iterating until you do it. Yep, exactly. It's like Michael Jordan. You got to shoot it uh, 99 times or 10,000 times uh, before the actual event happens um, in a game uh, automatic. So, you know, the, you can 
do and do and do. Uh, and then finally enough of the doing turns into a lot more uh, doing at the end. So I love that quote. Um, it's not the first time I've heard it today, actually. So say it's, it's a, a great inspirational quote, um, especially as people head into the new year and have new goals. Um, you know, they can always think of Yoda and Star Wars on their side. Uh, may the force be with you, I suppose. So Dennis, I appreciate your time this afternoon. I uh, appreciate the, the conversation and I'm excited for our listeners to tune in, listen from this and really uh, check you out and check out Mavivity. Uh, connect with you on LinkedIn Network uh, and perhaps even schedule some time uh, with your team to learn more about what the future looks like because it is here and it is now um, and, and people are ready to start doing again. So Dennis, again, thank you for joining this episode of Knowledge is Power. And everyone, until next time, we'll talk soon.